Hi, and welcome back to Back of the Bar Talk podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gregg. I'm here with Anthony Oliva and Brian Eckley. We are going to open today's podcast. Um, last week's episode, had uh, we did hot takes, um, and Anthony broke on a take of Brian's that Brian would like to give a little bit more explanation to in uh, reasoning behind as we start today's podcast. This is not hot takes. This is not a break. It is just a conversation from one of the takes from last week. So go ahead, Brian. So I may have gotten a little carried away with the uh, goal of the of the hot takes, um, and I would like to just reword the hot take that I had. There's room for doubt that Mahomes will go down as as the goat, and I'm sticking with like I will say that if anybody can do it, if anybody can surpass Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes. But I'm still really stuck on the fact that Tom Brady did it at a high level for so long. Um, and I would use, I would use an analogy to Jerry Rice. There have been plenty of, of incredible talents at the wide receiver position, but I think you would be hard pressed to find somebody who disagrees with the idea that Jerry Rice is the goat of wide receivers. And I think a large part of that is because he did it at a high level for so long. Um, now, Patrick Mahomes being as, as, a great of a talent as he is probably doesn't need to go for as long as Tom Brady did in order to become the goat, but he still needs to get into the forties. I would say most likely. And that's just difficult to do. Uh, I think he breaks it. We went over this last week. I'm not going to go into in depth. I get that there's room for doubt. Obviously anything can happen, but I think Mahomes plays probably until he's at least 40 just with how well I think people take care of their bodies now compared to like in the past. Like, I think people just stay like athletes do a better job of keeping themselves towards being able to play longer now than they used to. And I think he does that. I also think that statistically he will have on average better seasons than Brady had. So those records will be broken and then I think it'll boil down to the Super Bowls. Is Mahomes able to get five or six? Which I think like five would be the number he has to get to 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 be considered regardless of the stats. Like he'll need to get to five for people to really rival. I don't know that he has to get to seven, but I think if he can get to five and he already has two, um, it could rival that. But that's just my thought on it. And, you know, Brian, you said you got carried away with your hot take, but at least you didn't say Baker Mayfield is going to be a top 10 quarterback. So, yes, you've got you've got that going for you. Uh, he was named the starter today. We'll see. And he went two and eight last year as a starter. So right. he was named the starter. I, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised by that. I'm not. Kyle Trask is absolute dog shit. I remember I remember when I first found out that Baker Mayfield was with the Buccaneers. I had, we were talking, Eric, I had asked you like, I, I don't remember how this came up, but I asked you like, is Baker Mayfield even with a team right now? And you said, yeah, he's with the Bucs. He's going to be their starter. And I, without a, without missing a beat said, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. And I get it. I get being named starter because I do, like, 
I don't like Baker Mayfield. I think he's one of the bottom three quarterbacks probably in the NFL, uh, not including like rookies or people I haven't seen play much. Like I'm not including Desmond Ritter or Sam Howe or anything like that. Like people I haven't seen play, but out of quarterbacks I've seen consistently, I think he's like bottom three, but he's better than Kyle Trask. Like not, and that's like saying like, Hey, that dog turd looks a little bit better, but, (laughs) but he, but he is better but the downside for Tampa Bay fans is they're going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield and probably wishing they had Jameis Winston back, honestly. Um, but apparently he might be top 10 next year or whatever. Um, he might win three games next year. Uh, so we'll move into, we'll, we'll move away from that. Like I said, we're not doing hot takes. We're not going to discuss how bad Baker Mayfield is. I don't think anybody on this podcast actually thinks he's good. Um, we'll move in. Let's move into, uh, Jonathan Taylor. The Colts, uh, apparently gave, uh, Jim Irsay some sleeping pills, put him down and then decided they will in fact be okay trading Jonathan Taylor, uh, for what they consider is the right price, which I think is still too high of a price, but it's what they consider the right price. So they're open to it. So do we think he gets traded before the season starts? Before, uh, before I, the season starts? Yeah, like let's say before they before the Colts kick off week one, is Jonathan Taylor on a new team? I, I, I do think that there's a chance, probably like a very, very strong chance. I would put like probably 80% he gets traded before the season starts. And my reasoning why would be that this is the Anthony Richardson show. Now they're not going to have anything kind of spoiling what they have in store for the Colts. You know, I, I don't think that they want that to be a big problem. eyesore going forward that, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of teams that can offer stuff though. That's going to be the only problem with the Colts. It's they're going to have to just bite the bullet and take whatever's available. Dolphins right now are what the most hungriest for him. Yeah, um, but I don't know that they can do it. They don't have a lot of cap space next no. year. No, they definitely don't. Like, I just, I mean, like, I don't – they make sense on paper. Yeah. But, like, I just don't think they have the assets. I don't think they can offer him a, a really good long-term extension. Like, I don't – I just don't like the Dolphins as an actual option here. No. Uh, I do think there's a way the Dolphins do get it done. But Oh, it wouldn't I surprise mean, me. I didn't think Tyreek Hill or – uh, Jalen Ramsey would have been a dolphin either, but they found a way to yeah. land them. So, well, I, didn't, didn't you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I had a question for you. So, like, yeah. were you when you said they they want to move along from Jonathan Taylor because it's the Anthony Richardson show? You were were you thinking that in terms of, of like marketing the team? Yeah, you know what? I think that they want it going forward where it's completely positive. Our quarterback is leading the team. They they don't want to go into press conferences saying, "Hey, what about Jonathan Taylor?" Hold on. This is this is what we're doing right now. It's always going to be continuing. What about Jonathan Taylor? What about Jonathan Taylor? When is he coming back? When is he coming back? Like think about what's going on with the Raiders right now. Yeah, the Raiders are undefeated preseason means nothing. I get that. I get that. Uh, but have we heard anything about our the Raiders rookies and stuff like that? Have we heard any good highlights? No, it's about when is Josh Jacobs coming back? Well, I, I don't know, but you know that we've not known what's going on for him for a while. 
Now let us tell you what this guy did well. Okay, cool. When's Josh Jacobs coming back? <laughs> and I, I think that's just a point that the Colts are going to have to be like, oh, we really, really can't have this distraction going for our team. I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I can see that. See, I, I asked because at first I was thinking that when I like with the question being posed, I thought there's so much bad blood right now that they probably want to move on. But the one thing that I think would slow them down is the fact that they have a rookie quarterback and they might not want to have to have him do all that much. They might want a star running back to pick up a lot of the load. So, but, but what you're talking about it from the marketing standpoint, and I can get that. I think a lot of the time teams want that player to stick around. Um, but we've had problems. Well, we've seen problems with running back staying when they're not getting paid. Like, even though it's his favorite team growing up as a kid, Marshawn Lynch was kind of hurting the team's morale when he was on the team. If you guys don't remember that, uh, he would tell the players, like, I wouldn't play. Like, well, on the team still, I wouldn't play. I- I'd wait till I get my contract. And it kind of hurt, like, well, hold on. We're we're playing a, so that we all can get paid. We're, we're all understanding, like, what we're going to provide for this team. While Marshawn Lynch was, no, that's not what we're doing. And it's been the mindset ever since he's been very vocal about it with the media that every running back should do that. And I, I think Jonathan Taylor will probably end up doing that because if he were to sit out every game this season, he would be paying more in penalties and fines than he's gotten paid through the NFL. Yeah, I don't think he can afford to sit out this year. I really and, don't. It never you know, works for running backs. It never works. And Which is why I think that since they've allowed him to go and look for a team, he's probably going to want to get things done like, hey, I'm willing to get the hell out of here to any team I can right now. Um, I, I like the Rams. I do like the Rams, but they're um, the same position as Dolphins. Is there, they've got about $48 million in cap going in, in the offseason, though. Into this offseason right now? No, no, uh, in 2024, like when Taylor would oh, be a okay. free agent. I was about when to his, say when Taylor's <laughs> When Taylor's extension would kick in. So, like, next offseason, they would have yes. about $48 million in cap to work with, uh, according to over the cap. Which would be um, fun. It'd be uh, like a acres and picks trade for Taylor. Yeah, and you gotta it. you gotta think you gotta think too. They you know they were they were they were deep in the hunt for uh, McCaffrey last year uh, at the trade deadline. They were they were the second team to the 49ers that were really in the hunt for him. So if they if they could afford to get McCaffrey, then they can afford to get they can afford to get Taylor. Right. Like if, if they were really in the hunt for that, then they can realistically be in the hunt for Taylor. And I just think they're a super viable option. Um, a sleeper team that I think would be really cool to just see him end up on. Um, I don't know that it's viable and they actually have some good players at this position, but I just think it would be an awesome move to maybe revitalize the fan base even more than it's already been is Washington. Um, They have like a huge committee though already. They do, but I think you send one of them out in the trade. I would, I would choose Gibson. Um, I like Robinson a little bit better. Um, but I think if you were going to make that move, you would send one of those two out in the trade along with picks and you bring in Taylor. Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, an organization that the fan base is on the up again due to the Dan Snyder firing or stepping down or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
Yeah, D- Dan Snyder's gone. That fan base is on the up and up again. They're kind of excited about the future, but I think like if you would if they were to make a move and bring in like that big name superstar player right off the bat, you it it revitalizes that even more. It's like, "Oh, wow, this franchise really wants to win." So they've brought in Jonathan Taylor. And I just I think it would be that. fun. Um I think it should be illegal for the Chiefs to even call. Um I don't think that should be allowed. I think that just breaks the league. I don't think the Chiefs should be allowed to sign anyone who's been successful the last three years. Man, if Jonathan Taylor gets onto the Chiefs, you know LeBron's going there. <laughs> LeBron and KD signing with the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't think the Chiefs would. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of that cap space wise. I definitely don't think it makes sense for the Chiefs to. But. Um, I just think Washington would be fun, but the Rams, the Rams, I think are the most, the most viable option out of those in terms of like what I really think a team that I really think is probably making some calls and trying to figure out if they can, if they can swing that trade. Um, Cardinals is another one that I could see. I think the Cardinals are probably done making moves. I, after them just releasing Hopkins, I think they're like, we're just riding this out, wait until everyone leaves, and then we start over. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 the, that's the feeling that you get. They're just they're just tanking and looking to reset, to hit the reset button, like you said, Anthony. Yeah, I can see that. Um, let's talk about uh, some what what rookies, or I'm not even going to say rookies because there's a specific player that I have in mind that y'all probably might have in mind too. Um that looked good over the second weekend of preseason that kind of either improved or got their first look at them that, that stood out and obviously don't, don't look and be like, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes went three for three. Okay. That's not what I mean. Um, players that we haven't seen play much that stood out as potential long-term pieces from this past weekend of preseason. So I think, Oh, I guess. I'll just I'll name the not so obvious one. I and a player that we have to actually look at to see it. I think CJ Stroud actually the game slowed down for him a bit and yeah. it's kind of uh, impressive for him to watch and kind of prove to everyone that yeah, I was the reason why you wanted yeah. me the first I thought player. he looked a lot better in game two than he did in game one. Yeah. I was I was thinking about CJ Stroud as well. Yeah. That was that was a big jump. Um in in a uh if I was a Texans fan, which I'm not um, just because I like to at least be happy a couple weeks. Um, I I would have been very happy with the jump that I saw from Stroud from that week one to week two, and be like, oh shit, he's okay, he's improved. That's good. I can I can get on board with that. Um, if I want to take, now, go ahead, Brian. Now I would. The one thing that um, that kind of sticks out in my mind, and I'm probably making too big of a deal out of this because it was one instance. It was also the first drive, and it was, you know, it's, it's still the preseason, of course. But it, it really grinds my gears whenever the defense sets up the offense so so well, and then the offense can't do anything with it. Yes, and they did that right at the beginning. It was the first play, I think. So there was, there was that that kind of, like, grinds my gears uh, regarding C.J. Stroud still, but he did well after that. 
Um, yes, yeah, he like it was that was I was like, oh, are we going to be in for like the kind of the same thing, same thing as week one? And then he, I I agree, he he improved off of that. Um, I did not. I'm going to give a, a high followed by a low. I didn't see really any improvements from Bryce Young. Um, he still didn't do anything that made me think he'd made a jump from week one to week two. Yeah, um, Bryce Bryce Young looked kind of like eh, like not bad, not really great either. <laughs> Right, like I, like I, I felt Stroud looked better in week two than Bryce Young did. Um, and then the other one of the big three, like we didn't get another look at Anthony Richardson. He did not play this week, um, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah, I well, was. I, I they named him the starter right before it had started. Yeah, but so, Bryce Young's been named starter. I think. Well, most of it, it's when I told you guys. I think it came down to we didn't really want to give him the full playbook. We wanted to see that first. Uh, quarter action and then now it's like okay you know what i think he's probably overwhelmed we're gonna let him still take it easy this week and i guess that's fair it just it surprised me usually you see him play for a little bit a little bit more uh, as long as they're healthy um the one thing that stuck out one player that stuck out to me a lot uh this player i think we, we discussed uh i think the last episode i think is when we did these i believe but we discussed i was really and i know it was preseason but i was really impressed by sam Howell. Yes, um, I thought he looked super solid, and I know that you can say it's preseason, but the Ravens take that more seriously than they do the postseason. Yeah. So For real, they had yeah, a 20, like had twenty four yeah. preseason game winning like, and, streak, and Ravens fans wouldn't shut up about it. So it was like you know, it was it was really a win win because Hal looked really good, and now I don't have to worry, hear about that stupid ass thing anymore. Yeah, it was um, it was really sweet, and you so, know, and you know, I it has been a long time since I have gotten excited watching and rooting for a team. And like, I could feel the fire rekindling watching that preseason game. Yeah. And I just, I, like I said, Hal just impressed me with it. He looked good. And I know, like I made my jokes about Ravens taking preseason seriously with that, but I know it's preseason, but he looked, uh, I was talking to somebody early about this. I said, they said, yeah, he looked really solid. And they, they were excited about him, but they also said, like, but I know it was against second string. And I was like, well, here's my thing. I'd rather him look really solid against second string than not good against second string. No, just, yeah. It, it like, if he, were, if he looks not good against second string, then you can scrap him looking good against first string. Right. If he looks really solid against second string, there's hope that he'll look good against first string. And that's how I felt with Sam Howell. Like, I, I was impressed. I don't know uh, – if y'all remember Brian, you might just because I think like even though you stepped away for a little bit, you uh, I think you like you know in the back of your head you followed them. Um, Sam Howell looked really good against the Cowboys towards the end of the year last year when he came in. He played a really good game against Dallas. Yeah. Um. A they won the game. Um. I don't. It was towards the end of the season. I don't even know that Dallas played their starters. Um. But again, he looked solid against that second string. Like, this is not an anomaly kind of game. I think Howes looked pretty solid every time he stepped on the field. Um, I'm not saying – I'm not using that to say they're going to win the division. I'm not using that to say they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying Sam Howe looked really impressive in that game last night. And that really stood out to me from everything that happened this weekend. That performance was the one that really stood out. Uh, I also think Atlanta's offense looked good on Friday, but that's bias, probably. I from watching their that, star, 
their starters anyway. They they obviously didn't score a lot, but their starters for the couple series they played, I thought looked solid. Watching that, I kind of just felt like not that I'm not saying he shouldn't start. That this is not the conversation at all. Uh, I think that Bijan should be the starter number one highlighted. I think that most of the strong carries really should be going on Tyler's back though. And when you have Bijan going in for those options and those where we have the pretty much the running back be a receiver down the field and you can probably just change the play and have him go open field run. I think that's the best way to start him because he did very, very well. Like what was he averaging five yards a carry? I was like, I, oh, once you on. get yeah. this guy open, yeah, five yards, yeah, yeah. Once you get this guy open, he's he's gone. He is explosive. I think that we need to slow the game down for him because I would like to have Tyler and Bijan be a duo that is nasty for years to come. Um, I view this is my my take as, as an Atlanta fan. The way that I view it, um, obviously I, I like Bijan, like you said, in that like we're like I think Bijan as a receiver a receiving back is going to be huge, almost like Christian McCaffrey is. Um, but I, I almost like the idea of like, if we get down to the goal line and we've got like one yard to go, that's where Tyler comes in. Like let him power it in. From and, that and that's what I mean. That, yeah. Like those, or, or even a short yard, like even if we're not on the goal line, if it's like third and one, that's a Tyler kind of play. And see, that's what I'm meaning. I'm getting like when I say like give Tyler the bulk of the carries. It's more of a let's tire this defense out. Let's get throw some plays in there, and then Bijan's going to come in and get that open field explosive plays that we're wanting to see. That I don't think right. Tyler can give us. I'm not going to lie. I was about to go off because when you started with, I'm not saying he shouldn't start. I thought you were going to say Ritter wasn't like the best quarterback on the field. Like I thought you were going to have a Ritter take that was like he shouldn't be the starter for Atlanta going into the season, and I. I was going to have some words for you, but that's not the direction you took. So that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I think even, you know, I was very, very high on Ritter. coming. Right. Out. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what changed your tune? Like he had a really solid game. Yeah. He threw the one pick, but like he had a solid game. Like I swear to God, Madden did not sway me away from liking this guy. No, I'm not. I, I and I, I've, I've started out my Madden season with Atlanta. That's my team. And man, does Ritter suck on there. <laughs> God, he is so bad. I'm starting. I'm starting as I drift into the like ladder, like act three of the season. Like he's starting to get a little bit better and I'm starting to like play a little bit better with him. But those like first five or six weeks, man, I'm telling you on Madden guy is not good, but that's Madden. They're obviously, you know, they don't really have much to go off of. They're not rating him super high. Like I get it. It's Madden. I'm not taking that to be like, oh my gosh, Ritter's going to suck. We're not going to be any good. I'll take actual game footage to let me know that. And my worst case scenario here is that we suck so bad we get Caleb Williams, and then I'm just happy about it. Um, Yikes. But knowing Atlanta, they'll start like 1-8, and eight, and then they'll finish the season like 7-10. and 10, And they won't get a top. Like, I'll be like, oh, okay, we suck, and we can get a top draft pick, and we can take Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody like that. And then we'll win like seven of our last eight games. And then we'll end up getting like the 17th pick in the draft and get nobody. Um, and then we'll be like, oh, maybe Ritter's not bad. And then it'll just be the same thing next year because that's what they do every single year. Um, but I, I was, like I said, I was hopeful when I saw uh, the little bit that their starters were out there. Um, London still looked really good. I'm very excited for his second year. I think he's going to be super solid. Um, and I think it'll help having a quarterback that's not Marcus Mariota. 
Um, and also having Pitts back from the ACL tear, Johnny Smith is a good addition. Um, and uh, while they're not super big names, I think Matt Collins and Scotty Miller will open up the wide receiver room just a little bit more than like London had last year. Yeah. Uh, with what they had. They're not great names, but they're better than what we had in the past. And I think that helps when you've got those receivers out there, as well as having somebody like Bijan, who's going to be a threat in that, that receiving game as well. Um, any more on the preseason? No, no. I think okay. Good. We will jump into our, uh, we're going to do the AFC South and the NFC South. Um, AFC South. I'm going to say something here, and I don't I don't know that I've talked about this a lot in the pod. I know, Anthony, you know this take. I'm not a huge Anthony Richardson fan. I don't think he's going to be very good. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be at his peak. If he even gets there, he'll be mid at best. I'm picking the Jags to win this division this year, and I'm picking the Jags to win it going away. I do not think it is close. I feel that I like Anthony Richardson. So me, a, a lot of the time it's people get confused with the way I look at football because I don't like stats. It's right. a very, very big eye test for me. And uh, one of the things that, yeah, you know, a player of the team can just suck. Absolutely horribly suck. But the quarterback was not the problem. And I think I defended quite a bit of that before we've heard conversations like this with me. I think that this is going to be the same thing with Richardson. I think that we're going to see a lot of problems, but we're going to see a lot of potential come up. I don't think we see Richardson, what people want to see this year, but I, I do expect a huge jump next. Um, I can agree with that. I, I, I said the other day in just a, a non pod uh, area that if, if Richardson is just like, okay this year or even slightly bad i'm not going to hold that against richardson i don't the colts aren't very good like i don't have high hopes for the colts um but like obviously if he's throwing like three interceptions a game or he's just like god awful i'd hold that against him but if he's just like okay that's not very impressive i can't hold that against richardson right now i need to see what the team can do um but here's i've got the jags winning it going away here's the hot take i have we're not that game wise, but here's the hot take that I have. I am almost tempted to put the Colts at second place because I think the Titans are going to be absolute garbage. I I agree. As I well. I think the Titans are going to suck this year, so Dang. bad. So I think the Colts are going to get second, but I think they might get second with six wins. Like I don't I don't have them making a run at the playoffs second. I just have them being second because I think the latter three teams in this division are all going to be pretty bad this year. And I just, I'm hearing like Titans could, you know, they're going to contend with the Jaguars. I think the Titans suck this year. I really do. I mean, I don't, I don't like much about them. Obviously I like Henry, but he's getting older and having trouble staying healthy. As is DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks is already hurt. Their quarterback is either Ryan Tannehill, who serviceable, but he's getting hurt and getting older too. And then you've got Will Levis, who fell in the draft because he's not very good. And Malik Willis, who they took Will Levis a year after taking because he's not very good. And their secondary is awful. 
I just I don't like the Titans. So I'm half tempted to just put the Colts in second by default. Then I'd go Titans and Texans. I like the Texans for the future. I just don't like the Texans right now. Um, but that that would be my order by default is Jags, big drop off, Colts, Titans, Texans. Yep, I agree. Um, Brian, your thoughts on that? So I was going to go into this um, saying Jaguars with Titans. I was actually going to be high on the Titans and say Titans close, um, possibly winning the division. But I can see the the argument of, well, if they can't stay healthy and there's good reason to think that they can't stay healthy, then that drops them off. So that was a convincing case. Um, I was mainly thinking there with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, it was like, well, now they can get back to where they were when they had AJ Brown, but you've made a good case for saying, no, they can't. Uh, Jaguars. Um, I'm still going to go ahead and put Titans a second, but not, I don't uh, hate, not, I don't hate. As, I yeah, just, not, yeah. Not as close as I was originally going to say. And then I don't know with, Colts and Texans, because honestly, I don't really know what to say about Anthony Richardson. Like, like we said, he didn't play this um, preseason week two, so I just haven't really gotten a chance to really evaluate him very much. And CJ Stroud looked like took a significant step forward um, in preseason week two. So it, I'm tempted to put Texans third, Colts four, but like I could see it flipping. Yeah, and I, I don't mind. I, the Texans to me are like, I really like the direction the Texans are headed in. I just don't think they're there yet. Like I, 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 I like a lot of the pieces that they have, but I just don't think they have enough of the pieces yet to make noise. And I think Stroud needs some time before like, like to acclimate. Yeah. And that's all fair. Um, my NFC South it might be similar to y'all's. I don't know. It could be bias. Call me bias all you want. But I'm going Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. So my thoughts here, the Saints, like on paper, ought to be the winners. But I just have this sense like, ugh, on paper doesn't really mean much. <laughs> you know, I just have right. this feeling like it's, it's not going to be the Saints. Now I think Bucks are last. I can I can put that in solidly because Baker right. Mayfield and I'm done with my argument. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my argument too. Like I like they've got some good receivers. Their defense is solid, but they have Baker Mayfield. That's all. That's they have the worst quarterback in the division, and I don't think Bryce Young is going to be that good. The Bucks have the worst quarterback in that division. Yeah, so I'm I'm piecing it together with with that sort of reasoning. So I I, I might. I might actually go with, with the same rankings that you have here. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. And and I don't think I don't think this one is as 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 a like I don't I'm not comparing this to the AFC South. Like I don't think this one is like the team at the top and then a huge drop off. Um I think there might be a huge drop off for like Tampa Bay, maybe Carolina. But like if it is if I am picking like Atlanta, New Orleans, I think it's like a one or two game difference. Like I think it's I don't think it's a, a wide gap between first and third, uh, second, third, fourth, like the AFC South was. I think this is a much closer division, much like it was last year. But I think the teams aren't. I think a few of the teams aren't quite as bad. Like I don't think. I don't think 
Atlanta's contending for this division at seven and ten. I think they might win it at ten and seven, but not seven and ten. Um, Anthony, your rankings for this division. So I have actually a different way of looking at this. I think that the Panthers probably are the worst one in this division for me. Uh, I don't hate that. They're like, to me, they're the argument for other worst team in this division. Like I'm fine with that. I have the the Buccaneers and the Saints actually fighting for that second position. And my reasoning why it's not that I have huge confidence in Baker Mayfield after my heart. (laughs) That's not what this is. I do think that his team, he's below average enough to carry this team enough where he gets a stats pad and everything. You think the rest of the team helps make them be better than Baker Mayfield? I do. And I think that Derek Carr always, always either has a bad beginning season, great ending season, or great beginning season, bad ending season. That it's just too much of the same written fucking story from him. That this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a who's going to get that one game above the other for Buccaneers and Saints. But you've got Atlanta winning it. I got Atlanta winning it. Um, um, just good. because I have them winning and first and solidified strong, I do think they get knocked off pretty early in the playoffs. But yeah. we will see. But I, I do think out of these other teams, they are the most strong foundationally team on there. Arthur Smith is probably the best coach on here as well. Uh, no, he is. Yes, yeah, he in is. That divi- yeah, in that division. Yeah, in that division. Yeah. And that's, I, I know that can sound biased coming from me, but yeah, in that division, Arthur Smith is the best coach. Uh, Frank Reich's not bad. I would probably put him second. He's great the first year. Uh, well, that's what he gets this year. Um, it's the first year. Uh, rookie, though, so. That's true. But I'd put him, I'd put him second by default. I'd probably put Dennis Allen third, and I'd put Todd Bowles fourth. I think Todd Bowles is an awful head coach. I think Todd Bowles is arguably the best defensive coordinator in the NFL when he's the defensive coordinator. I think he's a terrible head coach. Um, but I also could make the argument for Dennis Allen being the worst head coach. Um, but I think I yeah I think Arthur Smith in that division is the best head coach. I, I'm with you. I don't think Atlanta makes a push in the playoffs. Um, again, it, this could also all depend on how good Desmond Ritter is. Uh, if he comes in and he's like the guy right off the bat, and it's clear that he's the franchise guy going forward, then maybe they make a push. But I just think looking at them the way they are, they're like, yeah, we made we won the division and we made the playoffs, but we're probably not knocking off anybody super above us. Now, luckily for Atlanta, the NFC is super weak. Um, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, <laughs> slight chance because the the NFC is not great. Um, uh, but that's, does anybody have any more to say on any of that? Anything that they want to say about, uh, football in general and anything, anything more on anything we've talked about or anything like that. So, uh, I guess the last thing for me, it's because I am a huge hard knocks watcher. Uh, I don't take after watching hard knocks that like I was sold on the lines, like I, I purely bought into everything and it actually ended up being true. I don't feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Honestly, and while Aaron Rodgers is so, so fucking gifted and talented, honestly, his personality in that show just really, really made me dislike him a lot more. And I think if anyone watches, like, what are you talking about? 
try to pay attention to it a little bit more. It, he just he seems to carry himself up on a pedestal so high yeah. while they all feed into it because he's been there. He's won one, but it's he's won one. He's won more than everyone else on that team. You guys are just fine where you're doing, you know, and you know, that's my guy. I've defended Rogers for years, but I just, I can't mesh with his personality personality. It's just uh, too much of an ego for me. As someone who has not been watching Hard Knocks, I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, neither am I. And I don't watch Hard Knocks either. I've never been able to get into it, teach their own. But it's just never been something that's for me. But I just, for me, it's like a back and forth. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers, one, he's older. And two, I don't think like he's like this cure-all. Like, I don't think he's like, I'm going to go somewhere and we're automatic contenders. Like, I don't, I don't view him that way. But for me, on the flip side of that, we did our AFC prediction, our AFC East predictions already, so I'm not going to get that. But on the flip side of that, like, the Jets won, like, seven, were they seven games last year with Zach Wilson? Yeah, I believe, I believe it was seven games, yeah. And so it's hard for me to believe, and I don't think any of us here would sit and make the argument that Zach Wilson is better than Aaron Rodgers. And so it's hard for me to believe that that team doesn't at least improve on those well, seven wins with well, Aaron Rodgers. No, so watching that, like, honestly, Wilson and Rodgers have something, dude. It, I've, oh, it's, I think Rodgers is going to be great for Wilson. I think Wilson starts when Rodgers retires. I really no, do. Man. When, I, when I say this right – no, I'm, I'm talking about Garrett Wilson. Garrett oh, Wilson, yes. Oh, yes. Dude, I've never seen such beautiful balls and then, like, catches like in the air like literally wilson looks like he's been doing this shit for years and yeah. the, the way rogers rogers to garrett wilson is going to be insane uh, uh garrett wilson I'm was great tough. last year and I've, so to me it's like rogers is a drama queen uh we've known that for the last couple of years uh he definitely thinks higher of himself than really he should based off like his career and what he's been able to do and the success and everything um but I just like it's hard for me to believe that there isn't a massive improvement from the seven seven wins they got last year. The defense is phenomenal. Garrett Wilson, obviously, um, arguably the best receiver from that draft. Um, I think after year one, I would say he is the best receiver from that draft. Um, they've got solid running back. Brees Hall's coming off a great year. He did get injured, but coming off a great year. Then they added Dalvin Cook. They've got a solid offensive line. Like, it just, to me, like, the team is built to it. Like, I don't see a Broncos-sized failure in this team. No. uh, Like the Broncos did last year bringing in Russell Wilson. I don't see that kind of failure for the Jets. I see a playoff appearance for the Jets next year. Um, Just based off everything I'm seeing here now, obviously injuries can injuries can derail that. Um, I mean, there's a number of things that can stop that from happening. There's always like, there always seems to be one or two surprise teams that you don't think are going to be any good, that then all of a sudden are really, really good or, or at least good enough to squeak into the playoffs. Um, so you never know, but like on the surface, I, I see the jets at least making the playoffs. I don't see them being a complete failure with Rogers uh, like the Broncos were with Wilson. Anything else? Uh, I do have one more last thing. You got a lot. 
This one is actually Josh Jacob news. Okay. So there was news coming out that he will be back uh, before the first week of the season. He tweets and says, I don't remember ever saying that. And all I have to say is, you might think you're funny. I think you're losing the fan base, buddy. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to have the standby that you think you're going to have with that kind of attitude. No, there's no one in Raider Nation that actually is even like just feeling for him anymore. There's no emotional attachment where it's like, yeah, get your money. No, it's more of a, dude, shut the fuck up, put on your cleats. Yeah. And I like, like, like we had this Jonathan Taylor news, we had the Dalvin Cook news. Um, we had the Ezekiel Elliott news and like stuff like that. And and we've had all of that and we've watched we've listened to all of that and everything. And it's almost like you're not hearing that same stuff with Josh Jacobs. It's almost like you could you could conceivably forget he's even holding out if it didn't get mentioned every once in a while. Seriously. And it's like, oh yeah, Josh Jacobs is holding out. I forgot about that. Um, because it almost seems like, like you said, like Raiders fans aren't even pushing for it anymore. No. Like, it's just like, okay, well, like either don't be here or be here. That's up to you. Good talk. Exactly. Um, Now, on the other hand, that tweet is very, um, in line with what Twitter is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good old, it's not Twitter anymore, guys. Get it right. Oh, it will still be Twitter in my heart. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It's X. It's X. (laughs) Whatever the, that means. Um. It's X. I can't call it that. I will never call it that because it sounds like a terrible name for anything. It's so scary. In front of my wife. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go scroll through X for a while. No, you're not. (laughs) The the hell you are. Um, Anything more? I got one more thing. I was going to say, not from Anthony. He's done. I'm cutting him off. (laughs) Um. That I'm, I'm bringing this up because I just heard about it right before we started recording this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has described the current offensive line for the Chiefs as possibly the best offensive line he's had. And my immediate thought was, fuck. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes did not need any more time in the pocket. <laughs> Brian's like, damn it. Hot takes getting colder. Um, <laughs> gosh darn it um no uh yeah no I, I i love the homes i love watching the chiefs play but i will agree with you like like he did fine when he didn't have a good pocket like i can't imagine what's gonna be like if he just gets to stand back there for days like you know he'll probably he'll probably get six thousand yards this year um i hope not um all right, so next weekend, next week, not weekend, next week, uh, we will finish up. We will finish up our divisions with uh, the uh, West divisions um, and talk about more preseason as we'll probably get this is the final preseason game. So I'm sure we will get a look at some more starters uh, this weekend than we did last week, uh, last weekend. And we'll talk about any news, like if Jonathan Taylor gets traded or anything like that. It'll be on our agenda. And then I think we'll only have one more episode after that before the season kicks off. I'm so excited. I know. So we obviously, once the season kicks off, the uh, content will explode with what we can talk about. 